Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Friends, you've noticed that sometimes I like to go into a historical account of a book uh, to really put it in context because it helps us a lot to understand the reading. And the reading for today comes from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, and we find in it Ezra, who is a scribe that brings forth a book and is reading, and it's a long reading that tells us how Ezra, this priest, is telling everybody uh, before the assembly the story because he's opened the book and he's reading from daybreak break until midday. You can imagine there's men and, and women and children, and they're all listening attentively to the book of the law. And so we've got Ezra the scribe and Ezra the priest, and this scroll that is open is open so that everybody can see it. He's standing up higher than everybody else. And then we see a blessing from Ezra saying, amen, amen. And everybody bows down and prostrates themselves before the, the Lord with the faces to the ground. And Ezra is reading plainly from the book of the law and interpreting interpreting it. Then it says, Nehemiah, that is his excellency, and Ezra, the priest scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all the people, today is holy to the Lord. Do not be sad. Do not weep because it's a holy day. So I wanted to connect Ezra and Nehemiah and give a sense of what is their relationship. The book of Ezra and Nehemiah are the only completely historical books in the third part of the Hebrew Bible, and it is called the Kedubim, which contains the writings. For us, we've got the book of Nehemiah and the book of Ezra. They're separate, but for the Jewish people, it is just one book. And um, some parts of Ezra are written in Aramaic, other parts are not. But for the Jewish people, Ezra is the last book of their Bible, and it's relating to the 6th and the 5th centuries before Christ. And we're still talking about the return to Jerusalem from the exile in Babylon. We've talked about this in the last couple of weeks because we've been reading from, from several accounts about this return. And we know that this happened in three waves. We've talked about that as well. And these three waves had been accomplished by different groups. But Jeremiah had prophesied there would be first an exile when people didn't want to listen to him and then a return. And this is happening under Cyrus, who has an edict that allows them to return to Jerusalem. So they've got a couple of problems. They've been away for so long and in slavery, they've mixed with the societies around them. So they're wondering, you know, in some of the readings about what it means to actually be an Israelite when they actually have been in other places. And some of the people were not interested in returning to Jerusalem. They were already settled in Mesopotamia or the ones that had stayed had also mingled with the people around them and mingled both by blood, but also in their traditions. 
So one of their concerns is defining that, the boundary of their society. And then in this particular reading today, we find the importance of returning to the Torah, the law of society, and giving it the central uh, place that it has and using it as a place of instruction. So we've seen in, read in readings uh, a few days from today where we learned about Serubabel, which was the first wave. And then we are now in the, in, in the account of Ezra in the second stage of this return. And he's trying to instruct the people because they haven't followed the Torah. They haven't really been instructed properly with the separation of society and some of the families being split apart. And you can hear the attentiveness with which people are listening to the reading of the Torah. But when Ezra arrives in in Jerusalem and he sees the state of affairs, he actually tears his clothes and he's fasting and mourning because he sees that the inhabitants have forgotten all about God. In today's reading, however, after all the attentiveness and all the rejoicing in listening to the word of God, we hear that there is rejoicing. And well, then the final third, the third stage that takes place where they're talking about the intermarriage of the groups, we have Nehemiah, who is a high official in the Persian army, but he is Jew, a, a Jew. And so he's called his excellency and he is going to help in this Jewish return in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. So this is the context for the readings of today. And it's important to remember that as, as we understand that this same thing can happen in our world, that we are watching what's happening in our society and we wonder what in the world are we going to do to keep ourselves consecrated to the Lord in, in ways that are significant and meaningful when the world is trying to tear apart identities that are Christian. And so we can look at these readings and know, well, it's happened before and it's required people that are bold, that can stand up. It's required that we go back to the laws of God and it's required that we rebuild the things, the structures, the uh, centers that allow us to come together and worship together and learn together and have community. The psalm that is chosen for today is Psalm 19, and it talks about the joy that we receive from the precepts of the Lord, that the law of the Lord is perfect, that it refreshes the soul, that his decrees are trustworthy, that they give wisdom to the simple, that they enlighten the eye. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true. All of them are just. And the reading for today is Luke chapter 10. We've left chapter 9. We've been in it for a while. And now we see Jesus selecting the 72 apostles and he sends them in pairs to every town and every place he's going to visit. And he tells them the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. Ask the master of the harvest to send laborers. Go on your way. 
I'm sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money, no sack, no sandals. Greet everyone. Say peace be with you. If they receive you, the, the peace will rest with them. If not, it will return to you. Do not move about from one house to another. Enter in a town. Eat what's before you. Cure the sick and say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is sending you and me the same way. He's sending us before him, and sometimes he's coming before us. He is making sure that our path is along what he is intending for us in his book of life. And he comes with us, in front of us, behind us, on top of us, around us. He supports us. He is wanting us to tell others about the good news of the gospel. He's wanting us to tell others that the kingdom of God is what they're looking for. We've got people looking for love, for grace, for meaning in all the wrong places. And there's a lot of depression and anxiety and disappointment and disillusionment because our hearts are restless until they rest in God. So let us then go to the throne of our Heavenly Father and say, Father Almighty, we come to you again with prayers and thanksgiving, asking you, Father, that you guide us, that you show us the way, that you go before us, that you go behind us, that you go around us, that you are our shield, that we wear the breastplate of your righteousness, Father, that we can intercede for others, that we can help others, that we can cure others, that with your authority and in your name, we can cast out demons and that we protect ourselves from head to toe in the precious blood of Jesus Christ so that our families, everything you've entrusted to us, all of our possessions, everything that is part of the dream you've entrusted to us, our bodies, our souls, our minds, our spouses, children, workplaces, cars, everything, Father, is under your protection in the precious blood of Jesus Christ so that we can do your will, so that we can bring your word in your kingdom to others, Father, that are around us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.